You're listening to the weekly podcast from Solid Ground Church. We hope that this is uplifting and encourages you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If we can be of any help at all, please visit us on the web at solidground.church. Now let's get to this week's message. Hey, good morning. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so excited to be with you guys uh, this morning. And uh, Pastor Bert is out at preaching at another churches because that's how he do. He, you know, people want him to come out and preach there. So um, I'm just super excited to be with you guys this morning. I, I, be honest, I like sit on the front row and I'm like super nervous. And then I realize I get on stage and I'm just with family and it's all good. I'm over there like sweaty armpits, legs shaking, but it's all good. But um, I want to share a message with you guys this morning called The Sound of Silence. And it seems like it's going to be a weird title for a message because we're going to be talking about hearing God this morning. And the reason I titled it The Sound of Silence is because I believe for so many people who follow Jesus, this is the sound that we attribute to the voice of God. That so many of us sit in a time of prayer, we, we journal, we're, we're seeking the voice of God, and the only thing that we hear is silence. I don't know about you, but I know I've been there before. Like, God, where, God, I need an answer for this. God, can you show me how to do this? And just, it's just crickets. And sometimes crickets would be nice. But it's just completely silent. And for me, one of, the, one of these, this message was um, one of the easiest messages to write, which made me really scared. Because, I mean, like, this is either going to be a home run or I'm going to strike out good. But it, I think it was easy because it came out of an overflow of everything I've been studying lately. I've been just taking time and diving into um, a bunch of different people about hearing God. And I, I like, the book that I read recently, and um, I have it with me. I'll show you in a second. It's called Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio. And a good, uh, good chunk of what I'm going to say is inspired by some of the things that he said. I have also have read um, Jack Deere's The Beginner's Guide to the Gift of Prophecy. It's a long title, and I've been just like studying what the voice of God is like because I believe this one thing to be true is that all of us as followers of Jesus can hear the voice of God. That all of us as followers of Jesus are supposed to hear from God. It's not just for the people up on stage with their microphone. It's not for the people who write these worship songs. It's not for the, 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 the people that we watch on TV like smacking each other with coats and the people are falling out. Hearing God isn't for the hippie Christians, the, the super emotional, the ones who are dancing around the room. It's for every single follower of Jesus. And I believe today that as we just go through some just, this isn't like some like super crazy unlocking new things that we've never known. I'm just going to go through some basic things that I've learned in my life. I've learned studying the scriptures and reading different people who are farther along in their faith than I am about hearing God. And I believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of us in a more deep and meaningful way. And I, I believe that here soon, and we're going we're gonna to see a season where we are hearing and feeling the nudging of the Holy Spirit in a way that we never have before. So if we want to talk about hearing God, we need to first ask the question, why does God even want to talk to us in the first place? Why would God want to talk to a bunch of sinners in the first place? And I think it's very simple. It's for growth. The God wants to speak to us so that we can grow. Because God is a good father and he wants to see his children grow and learn and mature and grow in wisdom. God wants to see us grow and God also wants to encourage you. 
That God wants to speak to you because he wants to see you encouraged. As you take a step in faith to do something and you question whether, did I, did I hear God's voice wrong? Did I feel his leading wrong? God wants to speak to you and encourage you. And he wants to edify you. He wants to instruct you and move you along so that you can move into the, the plan and the purpose he has for your life. I believe God speaks. And I believe maybe for some of us, that we're going to hear his voice for the first time or just start to understand what God has been saying to us for a long time. We're going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump in. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that, um, that we can come to a place, that we can gather, that we can, that we can worship you, God, that we can open the Bible, that we can seek your face, that, that, that we have that freedom here. So God, we just pray this morning that your spirit would move in this place, God, that we would hear your voice, that God, that my words would be your words, God, that you would speak to your people. So Father, we praise you and we love you and we do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So if you're taking notes today, the first point I want you to write down is this. The first point is expand your expectations. If we want to hear from God, we need to do one thing, and that is we need to expand our expectations. Because I believe the truth is this, that so many of us have grown up in a specific faith and we have learned to experience God in one specific way. And then if I don't know if you're like me, that you, you learned a certain way and then you get frustrated when it stops working. So for me, um, growing up, I was raised Catholic. So I learned to relate to God through somebody else. And I'll be honest, that was frustrating for me because I didn't want to relate to God through somebody else. I wanted to communicate to God on my own. And then at a certain point in my family, we just like, we got lazy and we stopped going to church and I loved it for a while. And then I started going to Young Life and then I learned how to have a quiet time, how to have a devotional time where you open up your Bible and, and you read and, and you pray and you do all, like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, you're learning how to read the Bible for the first time. And, and I remember what I used to do is I used to journal. That's how I would pray for a really long time because I have ADHD like crazy. And, um, I, you know, I'm just like, uh, 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 what's going on? So if I, like, sit and in, in pray, I fall asleep. No joke. I, before I was on staff, I interned for a summer. And we went to Pastor Burt. We were like, we're going to have a time of prayer. And we got to his house. And I'm sitting. We're sitting in his office. And it's like five minutes in. I'm just like, and he kept going graciously, didn't wake me up. And then he was like, amen. And he's like, amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. He's like, what do we, what do we pray about? Like, I have no idea. Um, totally honest. But uh, so I learned, so at first I learned that you could relate to God through people. And I don't know, that's not, that's not, that's not false. We, people, God can speak through people to us. And then I learned how to, to experience God through the scriptures and through prayer. And then in college, I went um, to the Vineyard Church for a while. And that was a, it's a charismatic church. And this is the first time anyone ever spoke to me prophetically. This guy's like looking at me and saying these things. He's like reading my mail. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm crying. It's crazy. But we have to expand our expectations. If I wasn't open to any of it, I wouldn't experience God in any of it. If I wasn't open to any of it, I wouldn't have experienced God in any of it. If I would have said, you know what, I can only relate to God through someone who takes stands in between me and God during this confessional time, I would have never been able to experience God through the scripture and prayer. If I never would have been open to, to God communicating to me through another person prophetically, I would have never been able to receive the word that God spoke through that guy that evening. 
We have to expand our expectations. In Jack Deere's book, the uh, the Beginner's Guide to the Gift of Prophecy. It, like I feel like I'm saying like the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, the Beginner's Guide to the Gift of Prophecy. I'm just going to refer to it as Jack Deere's book if I say it anymore this morning. But uh, he talks about in a section, um, it's not all just about prophetic life. It's about hearing God and growing in your faith. And, and I believe that, you know, Paul urges us to, to seek the gift of prophecy, to seek to seek that gift. And, I, and I, as I'm reading it, uh, he has this section that is so familiar to me in my life. He talks about how he would, every morning he'd get to his office and he'd set aside 45 minutes. He would read his Bible and he would journal and he would sit there and wait and hear for God. And what he experienced was the sound of silence. And he realized that he was only giving himself so much time he was only allowing so much time in his life to hear from God. And what he had to do is he, he had this moment where he realized that God actually speaks in the most inconvenient times in our lives. Have you ever sat down and prayed and you, you journal or you, whatever your prayer life looks like and you're like, God, I'm waiting for you to speak. And you're just like sitting there silently and like, just, it's just awkward and it's weird. And you're hoping nobody walks in on you because you're like laying face down on the floor. They don't, you don't want them to think that you passed out or something. But uh, you're sitting there and it's just completely silent. And then you're at the grocery store and you feel like God tells you to go and pray for that person. And you're like, hey man, this is really inconvenient right now. I'm just trying to get some cereal and some ice cream. I'm trying to go home. Hey, this is really inconvenient. And what Jack Deere says is that what he did is he realized that he would pray and only had this small window, this small box that he gave God to speak in. So what he did is he said he started to take a notebook and a pen and anytime God spoke and he thought it was God, he'd write it down and he'd go and he'd pray about it again. And he realized that God was starting to, God could speak all day long, that he can't just necessarily fit into that five minute window of silence that we give him after our prayer. Even my, my wife, Leah, she talked, we've had long conversations. She was frustrated with God because she felt like she'd pray and never hear from God. And that God was just wasn't showing up and wasn't speaking to her. And she'd get jealous. Like, how do you hear from God? How are all these other people experiencing Jesus? But every time I pray, it's, it's nothing but silent. And then she experienced God in, in a huge, amazing way that she, she was fully healed from her anxiety and God, she expanded her expectations and she hears God all the time because she realizes that it's a little bit, sometimes we have to expand our expectations. And if we look, it's in scripture all over the place. If you guys ever read the Bible and just realized how wrong the disciples have it all the time, so in Acts 1, verse 6, this is just a prime example of the disciples having to have their expectation expanded. It says in verse 6, um, 6 through 8. So when uh, they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. If you read scripture over and over and over again, you see people missing the point of what Jesus and God is trying to teach people. If you, the, the, so the disciples are like, Jesus, is, are you coming back to take your throne? Because the disciples believed that Jesus was this messianic warrior, that he was coming back to defeat Rome, to take back Israel, to sit on the throne. And he was going to have an earthly kingdom right then, right there, that it was just going to be all out war, that Jesus was coming back and he was like 300 in it and slicing up people and taking his throne. 
thrown back, but they had so missed the mark that the war that God, that Jesus was facing first was a spiritual war, and he's going to come back again to reclaim his throne later. They missed the mark. You look in, read in Mark. I read just the first few chapters of Mark the other day. It's what I'm reading through on my own, and I just realized it's Jesus says something, people get mad, and Jesus has to explain why he did what he did. Jesus is constantly expanding the expectations of his followers. That the disciples have got it wrong time and time again, and Jesus had to expand their understanding of what God wants to do. That he thought he was going to be a militant leader, that he was going to come back and and he was going to overthrow Rome right then and and there. And he missed, they missed it. So I want to just like talk about some ways maybe that we don't realize that God can speak to us. God can speak to us audibly. As scary as that might sound, I don't know about you, but if God was just like in my prayer time and I was like, God, should I do this? And he's like, yes. I just, I would, it'd be done. I'd be, I'd be going to get Levi's diapers. I'd be wearing them. It'd be over with. Um, because I don't know what I would do if God spoke to me audibly. We see it in scripture. We all know people who've said they've heard the audible voice of God. And, but it's not a myth. It's not a fairy tale that God can speak audibly. That if a God that who can heal people, who can save people from sin, death, and shame, why can't he speak audibly? And if he does that to you, you all, you're probably scared all the time. Um, God, sometimes God can speak as a voice in your head. One time somebody told me that when they know they hear the voice of God, it's the voice that surprises them the most. Like, you know, like if you're praying, like, God, I, you know, I really want to, I don't know, can I, should I buy this house? And you know you shouldn't buy, or can I, should I do this? Or should I go on that vacation? And, and you're just like, yes. Like, you, you know your own voice. You know how you are convincing yourself. But it's the voice that's gonna surprise you the most. God can speak in visions and dreams. That's the coolest thing ever. That Sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's terrifying. I've had dreams, um, I had a dream a long time ago, not a dream, that was a vision that Pastor Burt talks about how he, he had this vision of what the stage is going to look like. And uh, I remember it was when we were, I was, on a, I was interning here and we were looking at this facility and we we're like, God, what, like, what do you want solid ground to look like? And I have this, this vision, I'm praying. It's one of the only times I've ever had a vision in my entire life. And I see this big black stage with an arch and lights. And that day, the next day, Pastor Burt and I are driving up to go to the hospital to visit somebody. And I just ask him, like, hey, man, what does is, what is the ideal solid ground look like? Never told him I had this vision. Never told him I saw this thing. And he, uh, or he asked me, I, I don't remember. But whatever, whatever. We didn't communicate it, and he explains it to me. And I go, wow, I saw that in a vision last night. The exact same thing. Was it for me or was it for Pastor Bird? I think it was for him to encourage him that God is still with him, that God is still moving, that God has a plan for this church. And that what he saw, he didn't make up. Or you can have a dream. I had a, a dream not too long ago that um, it was really weird and um, it was about a decision that somebody needed to make. It wasn't for me. And I was in an escape room that the Joker had set up from Batman. And uh, there was I don't know, underneath every seat, there was like a fake bomb and you had to figure out which one was the one that was going to go off. And I remember urging somebody in the room like, hey, don't do that. Don't, like, don't get out of your seat. And what they did is they, they, they asked the counsel of somebody else and they, they had opposite counsel from what I said and then everything exploded in the dream. And it was about a decision that that person had to make. 
And it was just crazy. Like you wake up, it's just like scared. Like what is going on? I don't like nightmares or, but you can have a nudge and an impression. You ever feel like God is just pushing you towards something? That God is pushing you towards something or God can speak to you prophetically through somebody else, somebody who operates in the gift of prophecy and God can speak through the Bible. The if you want to know how God speaks and what God says, it's all right here. If none of that ever happens, God is speaking through this. And when I'm saying all these things, I'm not talking about adding extra things to this, that, that whatever is spoken to you, we're supposed to go and we're supposed to, to, to hold it up to comparison of Scripture, to make sure it aligns with Scripture, because the perfect and solid expression and word of God is in the Scriptures. So many of us want to hear from God, and what God is waiting for us to do is just open our Bibles. That God is, if you want to know what God has said and is going to say for now and forever, it's in our Bibles. God can speak in all of these ways, but God has already spoken, still speaks through this. And all of this doesn't add to it. This is perfect the way it is. And God perfectly speaks through it. And the best way to hear from God is in the scriptures. I remember... Um, the first time somebody spoke over me prophetically, and I, I want to give you an example of how good our God is in speaking. So I really struggle with just self-doubt. I'm not saying this so you come up to me afterwards and be like, that was a great message. I probably wouldn't believe you anyway. Um, but uh, I have just always struggled with not believing in myself for as long as I can remember. Like I'd go up to play baseball, and I just would like genuinely believe deep down in my soul that I wasn't good enough to hit the ball. That or I'd go out to wrestle, and I wrestled varsity in high school, and, and I was good, but I deep down believed that I wasn't good enough to win the match. And when I get up and I work on a message, I genuinely believe that I'm not good enough to share what God has put on my heart. And uh, I remember recently, so a long time ago, somebody prophetically spoke over my that you were called to be a preacher. I remember hearing God speak the first time I ever shared a message. God was like, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I was like, no way. Don't want to. And uh, then in college, when I was studying the Bible, we were going to this vineyard church, and this guy says, like, I see a call for you to preach on your life. And he's explaining all this stuff, and I was struggling with my faith, and I, I was trying to figure out all this stuff, and he just, like, he read my mail. And recently, I've just, like, recently I've gone through this just season of my life questioning if, not if I should be a pastor, but if I should be a communicator. And we went, went to camp last week. And this guy who's speaking, super cool guy, South African accent, so he's like way more spiritual than everyone I've ever met. And uh, he just looks at me and he says the same exact words that the guy at the Vineyard Church said six years ago, to the T, exactly the same thing. And then recently, um, I'm sitting in the back room with Megan, who's in charge of our tech team, and just out of nowhere, she goes, you would be great if you stopped doubting yourself. Just like, we're talking about just stuff. And I go out to dinner with Mason Dyer, a good friend of mine, and he just looks at me, and he goes, you know, the, you know you're the only person who doesn't believe in yourself. And then Pastor Burt sits down with another pastor and goes, why does Josh doubt himself so much? I'm like, all right, God, I get, I get it. You've called me to do this. Why is everyone reading my mail? See, have you ever just like maybe just threw off to the side that something somebody said to you? That, like, I could have easily thrown off to the side when I'm eating dinner with Mason. He's like, hey, you're the only person who doesn't believe in yourself. Like, whatever, man. Like, you're just saying that. You're a good friend. 
Or when I was sitting back with Megan and she's like, hey, you doubt yourself too much, but you're just being nice. But I believe that God wants to speak to us and he might speak to us sometimes in the most inconvenient ways when we're not trying to be vulnerable, when we're not talking about what, he, what we want to do because God loves his children, that he wants to ultimately see growth in his kids. And I believe that God tries to communicate to you all the time. What if we aren't hearing God because our expectations are too narrow? What if like the disciples, we need to, we've learned one thing, but God is trying to do something different. What if God is trying to do something different? All right, and the second point is this. I'm already like chopping up a lot of time. Uh, the second point is learn the language. We have to learn the language. What I mean by this is that if we want to hear from God, we need to know how God speaks. If we want to hear from God, we need to know how God speaks. We need to learn the language. We need to grow up in our faith. I love this one verse in Luke uh, it's Luke 2, 52, and it says this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I love that so much because it says Jesus had to grow in wisdom and stature, and if Jesus had to grow in wisdom and stature, how much more do we have to grow in wisdom and stature? How much more do we have to grow? How much more do we, do we have to, to grow in our faith? How much more do we have to grow in our wisdom? And Paul says, like, you've been given spiritual, you've been given milk, but it's not solid food. That It's this idea that we are one time babies in our faith, but God calls us to grow. We're called to keep childlike faith, to have this childlike awe, just to believe that what your father in heaven has for you, he has for you, that you trust him. Think about your kids. If you have kids, they just, when you tell them something, they just believe you. They just believe you. And that's how God wants us to stand to him. He doesn't want us to stay children forever, but he wants us to have that childlike mindset when we approach him. That God wants us to grow. Following God for a long time doesn't mean that we have it all together or the most wise. A mature Christian is a wise Christian. We have to learn the language. And learning the language can sound tricky. Like, what do you mean? We, there's a secret language. I have to learn Hebrew and Greek and read the original manuscripts. No, no, I think learning the language is... Spending time in scripture. If you want to know what God is saying, know what God has said. If you want to know what God is doing, know what God has done. If you want to know who God is, read about Jesus and see who the person of God is. We have to learn the language. An example is that my son is, is nine months old and he cried all night, I feel like, last night. And um, I'm not going to learn baby He's going to learn English. He's going to learn to speak like a normal human. <laughs> and I don't he did, and to grow, he needs to learn the language of the people around him. And if we want to grow in our faith, we need to learn the language and the character of our Father in heaven. I think about it like this uh, that um this is not I didn't come up with this but I'm about to say another pastor did but I think it fits that the first time your kid tells you that you, they love you I mean, imagine that, Justin. The first time your son says, I love you, Dad. And then he's going to grow older, and he's going to get to middle school, and he's going to be like, I love you, Dad. And then he's going to walk across the graduation stage at, from college, and he's going to go, I love you, Dad. And then one day he's going to be dancing with his wife at his wedding, he's going to look over to you, and he's going to say, I love you, Dad. And then one day he's going to be holding his first kid. And he's going to say, I love you, Dad. The same three words would have a huge difference in meaning. 
Because as we grow in our life, that this, this, this simple phrase that we speak over people, the simple phrase that you've spoken over your son, your daughter, I love you. And when they speak it back, our hearts are going to melt, right? Like, I can't wait for Levi to talk. Everyone says you're going to regret saying that. But um, there's simple three words that as the, we, that each kid moves in life, they come on to a different meaning. That when the... When I looked at my mom and I'm holding my son and I said, I love you, mom, I realized love for the first time. I realized what love was like for the first time. That Back then it was like, I love you, mom. Like, thanks for taking care of me. But now it's like, thanks for taking care of me. Like everything you've ever done, everything you, you've never got to have. And I think it's the same in our faith that we need to learn the language of God. We hear God say things, but as we grow in our faith, we'll start to understand them in a deeper way. Have you ever read scripture one way and you saw it and you're just like, wow, that's amazing. And then something happens in your life and you grow and things change and seasons change and people come and go and you read it again. And it's like, whoa, that's something totally different. That God is going to speak in a different way. He's saying the same words. We have a new understanding of what they meant. That as we grow in our faith, we grow in our understanding. As we grow in our faith, we grow in our wisdom. As we grow in our faith, we grow in our wisdom and our stature. Again, another language, like another example would be if I moved to another country and refused to learn the language and was mad at everyone else for not being able to understand what I'm saying. We can't expect to, to sit and just hope that God is going to speak to us and never put in our part in the relationship. We have to learn the language of God. And the, other, the last third point is this. We have to get low, not dance, like get low. But we have to get humble. Being humble is the key to hearing God. I read in the book, in the end of the book, um, Hearing God, there's some questions in the back. And uh, it says this, humility is the soil for spiritual growth. That humility is the soil for spiritual growth. That God resists the proud, but he accepts the humble. That humility is the, the soil for spiritual growth. In Matthew 8, 5 through 13, it says this, excuse me. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, I come, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, do not, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For myself, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have, found not, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham. I got teary for one second. Now my nose won't, my nose won't stop running. Um, will come from the east and the west and take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at the moment. I think sometimes we, uh, we read this story and we don't realize. We say, wow, look at this great thing. Like, 
look at this faith that this guy had, but we don't really realize the, the cultural moment that is happening there right now. That this Roman centurion, this powerful centurion who is running to Jesus, asking this guy who he would have believed was like a, like a, a second-class citizen to him, that, that he is coming to this, this, this Jesus guy that no one in the area, none of the Romans were following after, none of the Romans believed in him. He's like, you're the only one who can do this. You're the only one who can save my servant. You're the only one that can do this. The humbling heart of that Roman centurion to come to Jesus. All the things that he had overcome, his, his nationalism, his pride, his racist, racial prejudice, the injustice. He, he didn't, he, the Romans despised the Jewish people. They thought it was a chore to be there at times. And he's running to this Jewish man saying, I know you can do this. And for me, that's the kind of heart I want to have when I'm running to Jesus. I want to be that humble. That no matter how good I am, no matter how much authority I think I have, no matter how big of a platform that I get to speak on, and no, no matter how big and good my life is going, if I have the biggest house, the biggest car, the biggest bank account, I want to be so humble that anytime something seems a little off, anytime something is good, that I'm running to Jesus with a humble heart and falling on my knees saying, I need you right now. You're the only one in the good and the bad. This Roman centurion was a man of power but he saw that Jesus had more. He's the perfect example of humility when we need to approach Jesus and God for a word. We're going to him and, and we need to hear from him. We need to approach him with this spirit that it doesn't matter who I think I am. It doesn't matter who the world says I am. It doesn't matter what my accomplishments and my accolades are. Jesus is way bigger than this. We need to be humble Humbling ourselves to hear the voice of God is sometimes abandoning who you think you are and embracing who God said you are. It means abandoning your agenda. How many times do I come to God and be like, God, I just, um, I pray that you remove all my student loans and that I could buy a huge truck and a big house and that I would get the confidence to drive a truck with a boat attached to the back of it because I don't know how to drive with a trailer. Uh, God, I want all these things, but what I'm doing is I'm approaching God with my agenda. You know, I'm approaching God with my agenda. Well, what do we learn from Jesus? What does he say when he teaches us how to pray? It's your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That your will, God. God, whatever you want to do, do it. And I... And I just pray that I get to be a part of it. God, not, not my will, but your will. It means abandoning our expectations of what God should do and sitting and waiting for what he might do and what he will do. Hearing the voice of God means getting low. It means figuring out, and, and figuring out who God is. It's learning who he is because he is consistent and true always. God hasn't missed you. He hasn't misheard you. He hasn't forgotten about you. God sees you and he hears you and he wants to speak to you. But I think sometimes for us, we stay so distracted. We stay so busy. We have this sense of importance that we fill our schedule and we get so busy. And what we do is we just fill our lives with a bunch of things. And what it does is what we end up doing when we can't create any time for God that we can't, we, we can only fit him into this five minute window when we're, we're, we're driving from daycare to work is what we're doing is we're driving around with our ears plugging, with our fingers in our ears. 
But if we can get humble and we can get low, I think God can speak to us. That if we can expand our expectations, that if you can be, expand your expectations and be humble, I think you might start to hear the voice of God in places that you never expected it to come from. Like, what if that, like, really annoying cousin that you have, like, you just like, oh, they're going to be at Thanksgiving dinner. What if they came up to you at dinner and they said something that you've been praying about or they encouraged you in a moment and you've been struggling through it? Would you be in a spot to receive what that person is saying? What if God wants to speak to you in something that you're doing or a book that from an author that you just think is super annoying and you can't stand? What if, what if God wants to expand your expectations? What if he wants to get you down low and be humble to experience his voice? Because I believe that if I wasn't open to what God, the way that God wanted to speak and the things that God wanted to do in my life, I wouldn't have been able to, to receive some of the things that he said in my life. I wouldn't be able to be where I am now if I couldn't expand my expectation, if I wasn't willing to say, you know what, God, I, I don't know any of this. The more that I know, the, realize, the more that I learn, the more I realize that I don't know anything. And God, but I need you no matter what, so I'm going to stay low. And I'm going to receive what you have for us. So we have to expand our expectations. We have to learn the language and we have to get low. If you want to get low and dance while you're doing it all, so be it. But I want to ask, I want to give you guys some questions as we go, like some next steps, some things that you can help you experience, I believe, experience God in a deep way. And the first thing is this, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Don't like, just say like, right now, don't be like, all right, God, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. No, like take, make some intentional time. Get away from your kids, get away from your dog, get away from your spouse, go for a walk, you know, listen to some worship music, go like lock yourself in a closet if that's what you have to do. I, I don't know what your life looks like, but spend 10, 15 minutes intentionally seeking the Holy Spirit and asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. One of the things I do when I, read scripture and I find that like, God, would you just, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can read your text in a new way? So that I can see your text in a new way. God, remove everything that is me and fill me with you. Take 10 minutes and spend time actively pursuing God. My next question is, do you believe the Bible is God's word? If you believe it's God's word, then you believe that God can speak to you through it. And if we're talking about learn the language, I want to encourage you to plan on growing in your knowledge and handling of God's word. Take a, take a, a class about the Bible. You know, sit down with someone who, who has been studying the Bible for a long time and, and just dig in and, and lean into what God might have you. Expand and grow in your knowledge of God's word. The other thing is this. What are, who are some people in your life that you consider to have godly wisdom? Who are some people in your life that you consider to have godly wisdom? that you think that they know the character of God, they spend time in word, that they can guide you and help you in this, that they can help push you forward, that they can help you get a little clarity in your life. And maybe for some of you, it's that you've just haven't heard God because you've never experienced God. You haven't heard the voice of God because you haven't experienced God. I remember when I first came to came to faith and I felt like I was hearing God like crazy. Sometimes I get jealous of new Christians because I feel like God is, speaks like so clearly when you first come to Christ. And I was thinking about it. It's like, well, as a baby, how many voices are in your life? 
It's just your mom and your dad's voice. There's not all this other noise in the world. And I feel like that's what it's like for new Christians at times, that they're just so enamored, they're so full, they've experienced the Holy Spirit, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, that the only voice they can hear is the voice of God. And then life happens, you know? But have you, have, you, have you ever had that moment? Have you ever experienced God? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Because I believe that if you're not pursuing Jesus, you're going to have a really hard time hearing from God. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a really hard time hearing from God. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have a really hard time hearing from God. So have you given your life to Christ? I'm going to pray, and we're going to close out. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross, God. And um, I pray right now, if anyone who would say that, you know what, I'm not following Jesus. I've never heard the voice of God, but I, I've been seeking Jesus and I've been and I'm seeking God, but today's the day that I'm gonna accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And that I'm gonna admit, admit that I've missed the mark, that I'm a sinner, that I've fallen short and I believe that Jesus paid the price, that Jesus died on a cross and rose three days later taking captive my sin, death, and shame and setting me free. And I confess in this moment that he is my Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. God, that you didn't just come and do a thing and just pretend like we don't exist anymore, but that you're a God who speaks and you know us and you love us and you want us to know you. So God, I pray that this week would be a, a week where you just speak to your children so clearly. God, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. God, that you would guide them, that they would know you, and that we experience you in a new and fresh way. God, so we praise you and we love you. We do this all in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen.